Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100 that's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy drivers start your engines What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the NASCAR DFS podcast. I'm Dan Malin. I'm back after vacation, so many thanks to Ed Rouse for filling in. Joined, as always, by Matt Sells, the three-time FSWA NASCAR Writer of the Year. Matt, how are you? I feel like I feel like I haven't been on as much in the last few uh, races for the podcast in particular, and we've had three non-playoff drivers get their first wins of the season. And it's just been pure chaos as I've been playing lighter. Uh, but, you know, how, how are you? Obviously coming off another pretty crazy Bristol race. Yeah, uh, Bristol was chaos, to say the least. I mean, it's it always, always an element of chaos, but, like, this was this was nuts. Um, the racing also wasn't great at Bristol either. It was... <laughs> As Jeff Clucks poll pointed out, it was basically the worst regular season race uh, for Bristol since he did the poll. So that that wasn't great. Was uh, it really that bad? I didn't see any of the Cup race or the Xfinity race because uh, I was. Well, let's team. put it this way: I don't remember off the top of my head a pa- a green flag pass for the lead uh, in the Cup race. The only lead changes that happened were either on pit road or due to, like, chaos. Um, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't seem to remember the uh, green flag pass for the lead. If it was, it was pretty early on. As the track cooled in um, the nighttime, it was basically the leader could hold the the lead. Like, congrats to Chris Busher. Obviously, I'm not taking anything away from him. Um and winning the sword, which is a sweet trophy. But in Kyle Bush's engine blew up, Denny Hamlin had trouble. Uh there was tire problems all night. Um Brian Blaney's suspension got screwed up and then they put him back out on track and um I also don't know what the hell Toyota was doing. By the way, by putting Christopher Bell and Bubba Wallace back on the track, um, like uh, I don't, or sorry, not Christopher Bell, Ty Gibbs. I, I don't know what they were doing. Like Ty Gibbs should not have gone back on the track. There was no reason for him to do that. And Bubba, I get it. That car is in 
for the winter playoffs, but it won last week. So, like, it didn't need to go back out there. And by those two guys going back on the track, they cost Kyle Busch a shot to make the the next round. Because they finished less laps down than Kyle Busch did, and so, therefore, two spots ahead of them. So, yeah, it was just chaos. It wasn't... It wasn't a whole lot of great chances for passing. Much like we're going to see this week at Texas, unfortunately. Yeah, we uh, were... Um, Neither one of us like this track. I'm trying to think about how I want to word this. And I've actually had the displeasure of watching the race here in person. I'm uh, trying to think of some redeeming qualities of Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, I saw Kyle Larson's car catch fire in there. Okay. That he was, was leading his car caught fire in turn two. <laughs> um, I'm sure was, the concessions are cheap. Concessions are reasonably cheap. The parking's free. Yeah, that's oh, nice. Um, um, but I will say getting out of the track is a disaster because the cops had the absolute worst flow of traffic getting out of that speedway. Um, you know, it, it. look, it's Texas. Um, NASCAR clearly knows it's not people's favorite track because they're systematically taking it off of the series schedules um if we notice for 2023 they've done a pretty good job of reducing uh trips to texas um but yeah i mean it's still gonna have a playoff race right yes Hmm. each series has a playoff race at texas motor unfortunately Wait, Although I do feel that it's a little redeeming that the Cup Series All-Star Race goes back to North Wilkesboro because North Wilkesboro lost its date to Texas Motor Speedway originally. Well, the- I'm pretty sure the trucks are off this weekend. They, Yes, but I don't know about next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, then you're probably right. Anyway, yeah. as you I can mean, see... Look, it's, it's a fast... It's a fast track. It is a high-speed intermediate... Um, they're going to run the same tires here that they ran at Kansas two weeks ago. So maybe that helps some people who were good at Kansas a couple of weeks ago. Um, but was it Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch that once said about Texas Motor Speedway, the only, or Denny Hamlin, maybe the only way to improve it starts with a bulldozer. That, it's, uh, that does sound like one of them. I would. I think it was Hamlin who yeah. said it, but I might be misattributing the the quote. But yeah, they they basically said just just start over with. Why do they just keep coming back here? Do they really draw that much of a crowd? No. <laughs> not not really. Um, they do because the company that owns it wants the TV money from Texas Motor Speedway. It's that simple. They get a lot of TV money for cup races that go there. So, so I um, guess, so how should, you know, our listeners or subs, how should they start DFS research this week? Um, if any at all, are you looking more at track history? Because obviously Texas underwent a pretty significant repave that a lot of people uh, say ruined the track and produced some of the worst racing schedule each year. Or are you looking at mile and a halfs uh, from this year, in particular with the new car? I'm basically kind of looking at a combination of both, right? I'm going to weight the intermediates from this year a little higher than track history. Um, 
Because, yeah, Texas Motor Speedway has changed quite a bit in the last five, six, seven years. Um, and, you know, they, they keep putting down resin or PJ1 or whatever <clears throat> compound they want to put on there to artificially make another racing groove. Um, but I'm going to look more this year at the intermediates. Um, from this year, I'm going to disregard the all-star race there because, obviously, it was a partial field. It wasn't a real race. Um so even that race was a bit of a mess right that race was a mess and they're also not running the same tires this weekend that they ran at the all-star race so no notes they're going no notes for this one as the kids say um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna probably wait a little bit more um this year's intermediate stats you know places like charlotte kansas because of the tires um you know, you could go Darlington, you could go Vegas, um, you could even go Michigan. It's kind of a high-speed intermediate track as well. So um, we're kind of in that that lane of track this week. Cool. Uh, what's the schedule looking like this week? I know for me it's pretty basic. Uh, practice and qualifying for the Xfinity Series start at 10.35 a.m., I will do what I've normally been doing for these playbooks. I will have a pre-practice and qualifying write up out Saturday morning, uh, and then I will have updates and core plays posted in the Discord. The updates will be in red in the Xfinity Series playbook. Um, again, I, I think I'm only doing 10 lineups, a dollar each, in the happy hour contest for both series. Um, it, and this is one of those races where it's like, whether this is NFL season or not, it's just really hard to get excited about watching this race and then playing it from a DFS perspective. I agree. Um, in terms of cup schedule, they have practice at 12.35 p.m. Eastern on Saturday afternoon, and then they go right into qualifying, both of which are on USA. And I'm not sure that there's a time delay on this one, which is nice. Thanks, NBC, for time delaying <laughs> stuff so you can show talking heads talking about EPL matches that nobody stateside really cares about. Um, and then the race for the Cup Series is 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Um, scheduling note, I will be in and out a little bit on Sunday. Um, my daughters have a fairly packed schedule that day. One of them is doing a fundraising uh, run for her school. Uh, that's before the race, and then my other daughter has a uh, soccer game that starts basically at the same time, well, an hour after the race starts. So um, I might be being on Discord from my phone. Um, I will have the – I will try my darndest to get the examples out early. If I don't, uh, you might be getting examples from Dan here. That's me. Uh, so we'll we'll see. It's – Look, if the tone for this week's podcast sounds a little down, A, it's late in the week. It's Thursday night on a NFL week. Um, so we're a little tired to begin with. But B, it's look, it's hard to get excited about Texas. I don't want to tell you not to play it, but it's pretty hard to get excited about Texas. Um, not to mention that every time we've had a long intermediate race this year, chaos has absolutely reigned. Uh, we've had tire issues, we've had engine failures, we've had terrible pit strategies. Um, so yeah, it makes it a little tough to um, kind of, you know, feel confident in uh, the, the DFS picks. 
All right. Well, let's just take a look at what we have. Um, obviously, the usual suspects are top the board. Denny Hamlin is the most expensive driver at 10800 Kyle Larson, $10,700. 5 drivers overall are over uh, $10,000. And honestly, um, <laughs> uh, Ross Chastain is not in this group. Um, he's had some decent finishes uh, at Bristol and Kansas, but he's down to 9200 at this point. Uh, a much more palatable price tag for Ross Chastain. But among the drivers that are 10 k and over, uh, it's Hamlin, Larson, Elliott, Bell, Kyle Busch. Uh, three JGR drivers, two HMS drivers. Uh, who is your favorite of this group before practice and qualifying? Probably Hamlin for me. Really? Yeah. So I like the recent form so far in the playoffs with uh, two runner-up finishes. I understand, like, variety of tracks but i mean that uh he was second at darlington and kansas yeah i mean that's true my only downside to, to to hamlin is he's not dominating races like i would like to see for a guy in this price range is he bringing back value at this price yes he has been right he finished he put up 62 at darlington and 70 at kansas but 23 of those 70 came from place differential. Mm -hmm. So if he, let's say he starts top five and finishes runner up, you're talking about 50 points on an $11,000 salary. That's a different scenario, right? Um, so that's my only downside to Hamlin is that he has yet to really dominate a race. He did it in Nashville, but 114 laps there. Um, had a pretty good race at Dover, but outside of that, he hasn't re he hasn't topped forty laps led aside. From what about the fact that um between Kansas and Darlington, without with only leading six laps, he did have thirty four fastest laps, and again was still runner up. Yeah, I mean, look, he's been consistent. Right, there was a stat going into last week's race that if you take out the major incidents, that over like the last two months, Denny Hamlin had an average finish of three point two. It's pretty impressive. Um, he's deserving of the highest one. He's also had a pretty decent run at Texas previously. But my favorite, I would have to say, in this group, is split between. I would have to say Kyle Busch. And probably C. Bell. Okay. Um, Bush has three straight finishes, four of his last five outside the top 25. Yeah, two of those were engine failures. Exactly. <laughs> like, who's to say that can't happen again? I mean, and he's also out of the playoffs now. He's on his way out of JGR. What does, how, does he even care about the rest of the season? I think he does. A and B, not a single playoff driver has won a playoff race yet. Not a single playoff. Not not any of the three yeah, playoff races were won by playoff drivers. So like, <laughs> so now that he's not a playoff driver, you think that increases his chances? <laughs> 
I mean, it's a small sample size, but you know, yeah. it's it's held up. I, look, before his engine is blown, Kyle Busch has had very good speed. Oh, he's always had speed. Like I always feel good about that car showing up to a track, but I don't even feel good about Kyle Busch in cash games anymore because you just look at where he's finishing in some races and like he's got he does have a win this year he had uh between charlotte and uh gateway he had back-to-back runner-up finishes you know plenty of top fives but at the same time you know he's finished 34th last week 26th at kansas 30th at darlington 32nd at Watkins Glen, 36th at michigan like he's all over the place yeah i'm not saying he's a cash game play I'm just saying if the engine holds up at a track he's done well at previously, at a distance that he has had speed at this year, I will take the $800 savings on his teammate and I will go with Kyle. Because at this point, you're going to get him as a free square because basically nobody wants to play him for fear that his engine blows up. I don't think he's that much of a free square Unless he's offering PD. No, I mean in terms of leverage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we apply the free square term to leverage plays. If you want a shot in the GPP, yeah. Especially when he's $10,000. Like, I just don't know if he's a free square at this price tag. If he goes off and you're the only one playing him... Then it's worked in your favor. I get it. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I'm going to play him. If I'm playing 10 laps, I'm probably going to have him at least two of them. I just can't say with complete certainty that I'm ecstatic about this. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's fine other, we disagree. It rarely happens that we disagree. I mean, my other argument is if you don't like Kyle Busch because his engines had problems and you don't like M- MTJ because he's also had craptastic luck with engines and whatnot, what's stopping Denny's from having a problem? In the same garage, same manufacturer, same parts. I don't know. Like, just based on what I've seen, like, is Denny managing his better? I don't know, man. A complete engine blow up at Bristol is a freak thing. Um, aside from wonders if they've sabotaged it. Well, yeah, they sabotaged it last week because of the RCR announcement. I'm sorry, I missed what you said. I said part of me wonders if JGR sabotaged Kyle Bush's last week because of the RCR announcement. I don't think they would do that. That's that's quite the conspiracy theory. Oh man. NASCAR's um, pretty petty, man. I will say that Kyle, some of Kyle Busch's comments, especially regarding racing an IndyCar, were directed directly at Joe Gibbs and how Richard Childress will let him do it and his old boss wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, look, I think there's more bad blood between JGR and Kyle Busch than people want to let on. And I just find it odd that at his best racetrack, in the middle of a great run, his engine magically blows up when you never see it at Bristol. I don't know. Good car, man. 
I like the Naspiracies, as our buddies at Garage, at, uh, garage guys like to say. Um, all right, we've talked Hamlin, we've talked Kyle Busch. What about Christopher Bell? Uh, three like straight him. finishes in the top five, ten thousand three hundred dollars. Um, he was right up there with with Kyle Busch for me. Look, Larson is either going to catch fire or win. I mean, that's that's what happens with him at Texas. Chase Elliott's had a yeah. bad run of playoff races. Um, and. While it's hard to ignore that he was the leader in points in the regular season, he's not exactly dominated uh, for a little while. So, so I, look, I don't know. The, the Hendrick guys are kind of hit and miss. I'd rather, if I'm going to go with Hendrick, I'd rather go with Byron or Bowman. Um but I'll go see Bell. Well, I can get behind that. I have no problem, um, especially ever since he kind of pulled back the curtain on how HMS was treating Byron's cars as kind of like a, a practice vehicle. They were experimenting with it. Since the playoffs started, he's finished eighth, sixth, and third. Uh, he's got 38 fastest laps over those three races. He led 50 laps at Darlington. So, I mean, they're no longer, no longer experimenting. They're nailing the setup for Wardsman. Oh, for sure. They seem to be experimenting with Elliot, though, because that guy's been all over the place in the last few races. Um, but yeah, I like I like Seabell quite a bit. In fact, he might be my favorite in the ten thousand dollar range. Um, look, he's been he's been very very quick. He's had very good runs at intermediates this year, um, and you're getting a little bit of a discount off of his teammate. Um, so yeah, I would say Seabell is probably my favorite in the top tier. All right, what do we make of Tyler Reddick? Um, I actually think that the guy that's coming to take his car and Reddick are kind of in similar situations. You know, they're both out of the playoff picture now. Uh, Reddick is being moved to a third chartered car. Clearly, there's it's going to be an awkward year for Tyler Reddick next year. Uh, how much motivation does he have? As kind yeah, of yeah, he doesn't main... even get his crew chief. Yeah, like he's he's moving to like a tertiary team for RCR. I would you know, guess it'd be the twenty nine if I had to take a if I had to take a yes, I think it's the twenty nine. Like what are we doing with Tyler Reddick? He's ninety four hundred. I, I still think there's some win equity because I don't believe he's the kind of guy that just will go out there and really mail it in. But ninety four hundred I don't know what to do here unless he's I don't even know how contrarian he could be. I'm not sure he's gonna be that contrarian. I mean he was pretty good at Charlotte, which is usually a good comp. Uh, for Texas, uh, he led some laps at Kansas before having, you know, before going backwards uh, in both of those races. Um, he was wicked fast at Kansas two two weeks ago, and then he just got squirrely loose, and it ended his day. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not sure he's that contrarian. Um. I don't know if people are going to look past him because you've got Ryan Blaney at 9,600 who won at Texas in the All-Star race. Granted, it's the All-Star race. Doesn't really hold any weight. I'm just saying that a bunch of people are going to go, well, Blaney's fast everywhere and play him. Um, or drop down and play Byron. So he might get lost a little bit in the shuffle, but I don't think he's contrarian. Okay. Uh, what about Kevin Harvick? Pretty decent history from what I can gather at Texas. 
Yeah. He's very good a, history, actually. Very yeah. good history. Yes, he's got a very good history. He's won here a couple of times. Um, in fact, if I'm not – did he win here last year? Did he win no, this race last year? Uh, I don't think he won this race. I thought he went winless last year. Two years ago, maybe I'm. Uh, he won here in 2019, 2018, 2017. Okay. Uh, all in the fall. Okay, so he does like the fall race here. He just doesn't. Even last year, he finished fifth. The heck won it last year? Uh, it wasn't like the one. It was Kyle Larson. I heard he had a pretty good year last year. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it was Kyle Larson, and then 150 went... driver rating in that race. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. In fact, that's the best you can get. So you know, pretty good. He won. Yeah, Larson won three of the last four races last year. So that was uh four of the last five races last year, actually. Um. Yeah, Harvick has a very good history here. I mean, he's out of the playoff now, obviously. Um, so does the argument for Kyle Busch stand with Kevin Harvick? He had a terrible first three races of the playoffs. Well, I can at least lean on the fact that Kevin Harvick is, is a much easier price tag to swallow. He's only 8700 He's I mean, barely above the average price tag. Um, there's a little win equity here in the... Same kind of boat. Yes, he's had a rough start to the playoffs, but overall, uh, I'll I'll take the discount on Harvick because at least I feel like he still has plenty to go for. Is he still in the playoffs picture? No. No. Harvick was eliminated last week. I take one vacation and I'm the other one. He needed he needed to win last week. And... Right. So Bush, Reddick, Harvick, and who else got eliminated? Um, both RCR cards. That's. Oh, Austin God. Dillon and Reddick both got eliminated, plus Kyle Busch and Kevin Hart. Man, I suck at this job. I mean, it was a wild race. It was like Kyle Busch was in there for a little bit, and then Ty Gibbs and Bubba Wallace went back on the track and then knocked out. All right. Regardless, same exact votes for Kyle Busch and Kevin Hart. I will still take Kevin Hart. <laughs> I mean, that that's fair. I I can I can understand. That I'm still saying that there's enough interest in Kyle Busch to make him palatable in GPPs. Um, um, where are you going in this mid-range below Harvick? Because I'm seeing Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones, the last three drivers to win a race, the three non-playoff drivers that have won the races in the playoffs. They're all seemingly priced up. Bubba at 8,600, Jones at 8,000, Chris Buescher at 79. If we're talking the same tire combination as Texas, don't you think that has to benefit Bubba Wallace? Or is this historically a track that he sucks at? Um, so if we're just going based off of tires, then sure, running the same tires is what he whooped people on at Kansas two weeks ago is sure to help. Um, if we're going straight off of track history, you are correct that this has not been a terribly great track for Mr. Bubba Wallace. Um, he's been okay here, um, but not like anything to really write home about. 
Um, but again, he's also in the best equipment that he's been in, right? Um, he's got one top 15 in the last five races here. So that's that's not great. He does tend to have speed in qualifying. So if he can qualify well, and now that he's in better equipment, hold on to that, then sure, I like Bubba. But, but there's there's not really going to be a way to tell until the race happens and we see, we see what shakes out. Um, as for... Eric Jones and Chris Buescher. Eric Jones is the best of the, the three here at this track um, in terms of average finish, in terms of, you know, notable finishes. Um, over the last five races here, granted, it's in a bevy of equipment for Eric Jones. His average finish is 10.6. Oh. So, so that that's pretty good. Buescher... Is basically in between the two. His average finish is twenty two six. Last five races here. Um, that is marred by a thirty fourth place finish when he crashed out. Um, other than that, he's got twenty nineteen nineteen and twenty one. So he's reasonably consistent aside from the crash. Uh, anyone else you like in this range? I know Austin Dillon won here. I want to say what two or three years ago, but uh, I'm not putting. Yeah, barely, much. barely beat out uh, his teammate, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, I know this is one of Daniel Suarez's better tracks historically, but at the same time, I don't know that I trust Trackhouse right now. Uh, well, I was mostly just going to go off the fact that I didn't really like how he's looked on intermediates this year in general. Yeah, I mean there is that there is that too. If we look back at the intermediates the last eight high speed intermediate tracks this year, um Suarez, let's see, he's got an average finish of twenty point three. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. No. Uh we want to compare that with Ross Chastain, he's at sixteen nine. So it's not like there's a huge <laughs> advantage here. Um, and by the way, if we're talking about Bubba Wallace, still it's 15-1 for him on intermediates. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I Look, I haven't been that much on Daniel Suarez of late. I just think Trackhouse has kind of been leveled up a little bit. Like, they had speed early in the year, and I think everybody kind of caught on to it. Okay. And Trackhouse did not make the next adjustment. Um, that being said, he's still in the playoffs. So, you know, and Texas has been traditionally a better track for Suarez. He's got three top tens in the last five races, including back-to-back top three finishes. Not Those are the first of the five, not the, right. the last of the five. But, um, so I... I don't know. I guess it'll come down to what he looks like, but right now I'm not as high on him as, say, Bubba or Bowman or Eric Jones or even Busher. Uh, can you possibly rally around Ty Gibbs at just 7,000 on DraftKings? Uh, if we were talking about comparable tracks, he was 15th at Darlington. Uh, at Michigan, he grabbed his first top 10 of his career. It's been his only top 10 so far, but he's still kind of getting used to the next-gen car. But overall, 
Yeah, I think this is a perfectly reasonable price tag for a guy who could go out and finish as top Toyota maybe or maybe get another top 10. Yeah, I've seen some folks betting the top Toyota line on him. I mean, I I may do it because it was the last time I checked. It was actually decently long. Especially... Last time I checked on DraftKings Sportsbook, it was 25 to 1. Let's see what it's at right now in the live. Check it here. Um, yeah, it's 25 to 1. But look, out of a stable of six cars, that's decently long. Right? Yeah. It's not as great as it I was mean, earlier. Bubba is it was like, next at 9 to 1. I, yeah. I did see it at like 45 to 1 when it opened, which seemed insane to me. Um, but like... For example, the 25 to 1 for Ty Gibbs' as top Toyota would put him in line with Eric Amarola and Chase Briscoe and Brad Keselowski for top Ford. And it would put him in line with. Well, nobody's 25 to 1 in the Chevy camp. It goes from Suarez at 15 to 1 to Eric Jones to at 50 to 1. So. I guess the question is, if you believe in Ty, Ty Gibbs' talent, then you're betting him at a pretty reasonable rate. And if you think JGR is going to continue to have problems, then he's only really got to beat a couple other guys. So I would say he's probably worth it at 7000 Look, I'm not really terribly excited about the guys that are around him either. Like, not all that excited about Amarola. I don't know what to do with Kislowski this week. Stenhouse tried to screw us over two weeks ago, even before the flipping race started. Um, you McDowell. can get behind McDowell. Why? You can probably get behind McDowell. Probably. I mean, he's. Look, I mean, he, for a guy who's 6,400 and he has. He's got three straight top 10. Yeah. Okay, but now we're also talking about $600 cheaper than Ty Gibbs, which is a pretty decent drop-down. So, like, you could probably play Gibbs and McDowell together and still get yeah. a pretty decent. You can play get those two together, and you'll have 36600 for your last four drivers. Yeah. That's, what, about nine, that just over 9000 Over 9000 for 9150 yeah, so if you go with, let's just game this out. If you go with McDowell and Gibbs, and then we say we want to go with, with Seabell, and we both liked Byron, and we both liked Harvick, that leaves you 8500 for your last spot. Gives you Bowman or Suarez or Jones or Busher. And then from there, you just... Well, I mean, go jump. My natural instinct is just to say he's offering the most PD, but then at the same time, well, you're just exposing yourself to a chalk play that could easily bust. Right, chalk and NASCAR hasn't gone well together this year, for sure. It almost busts all the time. Except in the truck race at Bristol, where the guy who started at the back of the pack finished second. Wait, who's that? Chandler Smith? Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So we've talked about how 
we're not excited overly <laughs> about this race. Uh, but we have also said it's difficult to pass here. In terms of roster construction, how deep into the field are you willing to go or how many PD plays are you willing to stack? Because my mindset this year, especially of late, has been the PD is presenting itself to me. I will take it. But it's got to be a guy that I feel great about the equipment and I feel good about the driver. If it's someone like Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez, maybe Bubba, Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe, like if it's, if it's one of these fringe guys that can do well and crack a top 10, but also just we don't feel as consistent about, then I don't necessarily want to take it. Um, but if we get, you know, Denny or Elliot, Bell, Kyle Bush starting the rear, I'll take it. But let's say that this that qualifying goes without any trouble. Everyone gets a clean lap in, and pretty much everyone is starting right about where you would expect them to. Are you mostly going to play guys starting in the top 20 since it's going to end up being pretty difficult to pass, or are you willing to take some shots on guys starting outside the top 25? The nice thing about this race is that, like, it it shouldn't be too hard for people to stay on the lead lap. Right. You're going to see, like, in last year's fall race, um, there were 334 laps run. There were 15 guys who finished on the lead lap last fall. But that was a little bit of a crazy race. There was some guys who were involved in a crash who finished higher than guys that weren't and whatnot. But if we're just looking at top 10 finishers from last fall, you had Suarez who started 19th and finished 10th. You had Harvick who finished who started 24th and finished 5th. Those are the only two guys that started outside the top 12 to finish inside the top 10. And Eric Jones starting 21st and finishing 12th. And Briscoe started 26th and finished 15th. So, again, you can kind of pick and choose, but the next closest guy that started outside the top 25 was LaJoy starting 29th and finished 20th. <clears throat> So, like, you can pass, you can pass here, but it is it is challenging, and once you get inside the top ten, it's it's much harder to do. Um, so, with that being said, I'm probably building around one, maybe two dominators, but almost assuredly, it's going to be a one dominator. Build. Um, is that typically how it's been for the last couple of races? Well, let's see. In 2020, ball race here. How many laps led did Mr. Kyle Bush have? So Kyle Bush in the fall race in 2020 led 90 laps. Um, and you had Boyer leading 89. Weird. Grass to Boyer, I guess. Um, but last fall, let's see what <laughs> happened last fall. Um, because again, in 2020, wasn't really any qualifying. It was basically the formula. Um, so last fall, if we take a look at it, we had Kyle Kyle Larson started on the pole, finished first, had 104 fastest laps. And how many laps did he 
speed. He led 256. Byron led 55 after starting 12. Um, and there's 334 laps in this race. So, Larson basically dominated this thing last year. 2020 was kind of an odd one. Let's see what happened in 2019. Might be more indicative of what happens again. Let's see. Also, these races were like the the 2021 and 2019 races were run a little later in the year. It was like November when those were run as opposed to mid-September. But in 2019, Kevin Harvick led 119 laps after starting on the pole and then winning. Uh, and let's see, you had Jimmy Johnson leading 40 because that was well, that was a weird race for him. 62 for Eric Amarola. But yeah, in general, you're going to find like one guy leads more than 100 laps and then the rest of them are spread out. Anything else you wanted to touch on for this week? I've I've just been trying to make this as enjoyable of an experience as possible for our listeners for Texas. Um, no, I mean I would I would <laughs> assume that there's going to be some tire stuff happening. Um, look, it happened at Kansas. These are the same tires, so you have to expect it. It's going to be hot. There's 334 laps in this race texas isn't necessarily a super high wear track but look these good years have been tough to trust this year in terms of what's actually going to happen with them um i have not seen any reports yet if they're putting any compound of any kind or resin on the track um to try to make it a better track we'll see um, I know Dale Jr., who has a lot of sway inside the industry, was not terribly kind uh, on his podcast about the setup for Bristol, nor was he that kind on Twitter prior to the race um, about them putting traction compound down. So we'll have to see um, schedule-wise, you know, kind of normal stuff, playbook, bets, all that stuff will be out this weekend. I will try and get the starting grid done. Apologies for that not coming out yet. It's just start of football and a bunch of moving parts. It's busy. It's NFL season. Yeah. Um, all right. That that's about that's about all I got for this this week. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. As always, best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation this weekend at Texas and in your season long in the NFL DFS contest. Best of luck, FNA. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. 
Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.